What's up, everybody? I'm Bob Walters. Welcome to the Locked Up Sports Weekend Wrap-Up. The Mets dropped 2 of 3 in Pittsburgh. The Yankees' offense non-existent versus Boston. Denver is 40 minutes, 48 minutes away from their first NBA championship. The couple will be in the building tomorrow night in Vegas. And a wild, wild finish to the Canadian Open and the PGA Tour, which has had all kinds of issues. We got a lot to do. I hope everybody had a good weekend. Happy Monday. And welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in. Again, if you want to find us, LockedUpSports.net. You can find us anytime. Uh, we're going to have a guest announcement later at the end of this show. So a lot going on today. Let's start with the New York Mets and then the Mets. The news is not good, of course. Of course it's not good. It's never good with the Mets, right? Um, they are. They dropped two of three this week. This weekend in Pittsburgh, they are now four games under 500. They are nine and a half games behind Atlanta. They are falling really out of the race as far as the, the division goes. They are a couple games out of the wild card. But, you know, that last wild card spot, is that really, you know, you're going to have to jump over a bunch of teams. And it's not even July yet. It's not even the middle of June yet. And we're talking about the Mets being out of it. A team, the most expensive payroll in the history of baseball, the manager that myself and every other Met fan was screaming and yelling for for years to come here, and look what look what we got. We had a good year last year, 101 wins, and then a disappointment in the playoffs. And now this year, just it never really got off the ground. This year, it started at the WBC with Diaz, and it never got really got off the ground. It's just been inconsistent play, and it was more of that. This weekend, they're two of they're two and eight so far in June. Two and eight. They're pitching to a five ERA. Okay, they've had ninety five strikeouts. This team strikes out more than anybody. You got you got them striking out yesterday. A pinch hitter, uh, Guillaume Guillaume strikes out on a on a pitch clock violation. He wasn't ready. I mean, that's that that's inexcusable. Inexcusable. You cannot strike out on a pitch clock violation. It's so Mets, though. It's so Mets for that to happen. And, you know, they, they just they didn't, they didn't play well at all. Buck, after Friday night's disaster, uh, 14-7, you know, a low-scoring football game. We've been referencing football scores a lot with the Mets. You know, 13-10, 14-7. Um, and it wasn't even that close, to be honest with you. It was 12-2 at one point. McGill pitched. It was a disaster. And Buck held a closed-door meeting on Saturday. They came out. They responded. They played They played well on Saturday. They won the game. Uh, Zenga pitched well. But I don't like the fact that Buck had to call the closed-door meeting. I think it needed to be a players-only meeting. I think that Scherzer, Verlander, Alonzo, uh, McNeil, even maybe Nimmo, somebody should have called that thing, closed the doors, throw some chairs around, Scream and curse at each other, get it all out in the open, and then see what happens. Uh, Buck called it though; it was a it was a players, it was a team only meeting. So you had um, you know the players and the coaches in there, and, and you know I'm sure there was some screaming and yelling. You know we don't know what happened, we're not supposed to know what happened. Uh, that's what that's why it's closed door. But I like the players only uh, better. I think it, you know it's more free. You speak more freely when you're when your supervisor, or your boss isn't there, right? So, I'm sure Buck threw some ultimatums at him. He doesn't. He's not a very fiery guy, though, and that that's another reason why. You know, if it was Bobby V, or if it was, 
If it was even Terry Collins, I could see having the coaches go in there and scream and yell at them. I think this team needs to be screamed and yelled at. Uh, a lot of people are saying the low F, they're not trying, they don't care. Listen, a baseball team that's not hitting, a baseball team that's losing, no matter who they are, looks like they don't care. They look like they're not trying because when you're up at the plate and you're just not hitting and your team, the whole team isn't hitting, it looks like it's low effort, but it, it's not. They're trying, they care because they got to listen to it every day. They got to read it in the papers every day. They got to read it everywhere. And then, so they came out there one Saturday, uh, but yesterday then you have, you have Carrasco pitching and Carrasco's pitching a good game yesterday. He's, he's into the fifth inning. He's given up two runs. The Mets are down two to one. They're in the game. He's playing with uh, Carrasco's pitching well. It's the best he's pitched. Now, he's pitched three straight good starts. Finally, he's coming around. He's into the fifth inning, and Collins pulls him. And it was kind of inexplicable why he pulled him. He explained after the game that he was he was on regular rest and not not extra long rest. I guess they'd say in six days is now regular rest, which, it, again, makes no sense to me. Uh, I think it's clear that they're going to go to a six-man rotation, but but still, you need a win. You got to win this series. It's the rubber match of the series. You're on the road. You got your pitcher really. He's pitching well. Six strikeout. Uh, what do you have? No, I'm sorry. He only had uh, one strikeout, but only gave up six hits through four and two thirds. And then you pull him. And again, the Mets give up. You know, they lose. They lose the game. Uh, what they lose yesterday? Three to two. So. Oh, I'm sorry, three to one yesterday. They're not hitting. They're not. They're not scoring runs. When they hit, they don't pitch. When they pitch, they don't hit. It's got all the trademarks of a of a bad baseball team, and I've been saying that for weeks. The Mets got all the trademarks of a bad baseball team. Now the one good spot has been Senga lately. Now he doesn't have control. He does walk too many batters. He walked four in seven innings on Saturday, but that was the game after the. After the closed door meeting, they responded. They got a win. You know, he pitched well. It's a couple now, a couple times in a row he's pitched well. The Mets got five runs. They so they won five one. But he, he Zenga does have he does have control problems. Uh, he walked four. He's walked the he's walked the the ballpark a couple times in a couple of these starts. But listen, he pitched well yesterday, and I think you know that that's something you could build on. You got the Subway Series coming up. You got uh, Verlander and Scherzer. We're going to talk about that in a minute. There's zero buzz for that. Zero. Nobody cares at all about the Subway Series anymore. I really don't think they should do it anymore. But, you know, they will. So this weekend, the Mets dropped two of three. They, listen, Friday night was lost. Friday night was kind of a continuation of the Braves. It just kind of, just it all piled on. And that was that was the breaking point Friday, I think. You know, the the, the plane got in at 8 in the morning. They got no sleep. They're coming off that terrible series in Atlanta where they just blew leads left and right all three games. And it just it skyrocketed. It, it just the bottom fell out Friday night with McGill pitching. He you know, he was terrible. And then it's fourteen seven, they lose that game. Then Saturday they come back, they get a win. And then yesterday, which I think was a, a, a pretty big game yesterday, they they didn't get the win. You know, they had Carrasco pitching well. Why pull him out? Why pull him out when he's pitching well? You finally got a good pitching performance. Now, you're not hitting. You only got one run, so they wouldn't have won the game anyway. But a lot of the things that Buck's doing, just it doesn't make sense. He seems to be, I don't know if he's panicking, if he's worried about his job. I mean, he's not going to get fired. 
I, they've almost uh, they haven't come out publicly. Cohen hasn't come out publicly and given him a you know a vote of confidence. But it's been reported he's not getting fired. Listen, he was the manager of the year last year. He's Buck Showalter. He's got a long track record. We're only seventy games into this thing, so it's really not it's not over yet. The Braves were here last year in the same position. The Phillies were here last year in the same position. Phillies went to the World Series, so it it can be done. Now, are they going to be able to dig out of the hole that they're in? I, I don't think so. I don't see anything that says, yes, they will. But they are a good team. They got the players. You know, these uh, Lindor, McNeil won the batting championship last year. It's just, it really, nothing has gone right. It's just, it might just be one of those seasons where nothing goes right. And sometimes those seasons happen. Sometimes you get those seasons where nothing goes right and it just, it just isn't your year. That's what it looks like so far for the Mets. Now, can they... Can they get out of it? Of course they can. There's 70-something, you know, there's uh, 90 games left, 95 games left. 95 games is a long time. Baseball's a long season. We still have the whole summer. It's not even the middle of June yet. So it's, it, but it's getting late early. It's getting late quick. It's getting late quick. They're already nine and a half behind the Braves. And, I mean, are you going to catch the Braves at nine and a half? That, I don't think so because the Mets can't beat the Braves. So, well, you know, we'll see. Like I said, Subway Series this weekend. We're going to get to that in a minute. Now, the Yankees, on the other hand, the Yankees had a rough weekend. Okay, that was not a good weekend for the Yankees. It's the first one without Judge. The Yankees, they won. Uh, I'm sorry, they lost Friday night. They won Saturday 3-1. They lost last night in 10 innings. They can't score any runs. They couldn't get the offense going. They got it. They got uh, two, three, and two. So they scored what seven runs in the weekend against a, not a very good Boston team. Whitlock, Hoke, and Bellow should not be shutting down this Yankee lineup. It just shouldn't happen. And last night, I think uh, I think Boone was outmanaged. I think he, you know, he did not. He didn't have a real good game. The Yankees gave up the run in the tenth. They gave up the run to tie it late, and you know, and they couldn't they couldn't score. They had the runner on uh, they had a runner on third, I believe, when the game ended, and they dropped two of three. The Yankees are the same distance away from first place as the Mets are. Both teams nine and a half games out. The Yankees are nine games over five hundred, nine and a half out. The Mets are four games under five hundred, nine and a half out. So I mean, do I think? Hold on. So do uh, do I think that the Yankees are gonna, are gonna be okay? Now they're in a good division. They're in the best division in, in baseball. So I do I do think they'll be all right. They're gonna probably. But you, do you really want to be in that last wild card? Because just like for the Mets, the division is gonna start to slip away for the Yankees. You know, you go twelve and a half, twelve, thirteen games behind Tampa. You're not catching them. You go eight games behind Baltimore. You're not gonna catch Baltimore either. So Baltimore is for real. The Yankees are very, you know, right now the Yankees are the third best team in their division. They're in third place, but they're also the third best team. You had Stanton come make a big pinch hit uh, last night. He had a chance to to really do some damage. He couldn't get it done. You know, they're, they're not hitting. It's the same thing like the Mets. They're not hitting. Now the Yankees got a good pitching performance from Cole. They wasted it in the first game on Friday. Cole went six innings, gave up two runs, seven hits, and... In, in, Pitched well, okay? Herman 
was was brilliant on Saturday. Six innings, a run on six hits. He got five strikeouts. He was just dominating the Red Sox lineup, and that's what these Yankee pitchers should have been doing the whole weekend. Because the Red Sox are a 500 team. They're in last place. They're playing a little bit better as of late, but they should they, they should not come into Yankee Stadium and win two out of three on a, on a weekend where, you know, the, this is what it is without Judge. When the Yankees don't have their best player and Judge is out, they don't win baseball games. And that's why I'm saying I think they're going to fall out of the division race during this time that Judge is out because there's still no timetable on his return. You got to figure it's going to be at least a month, right? He's going to be out at least a month. And if they're 12 and a half, 13 out, they're not catching the Rays. I'm sorry, they're not. They're not catching the Rays. They're not good enough to catch the Rays. I said it before. I said what the Rays do is they don't put all their chips in one or two players like the Mets or the Yankees do with all these big market teams. They get team, they get decent players and decent backups at each position. So if somebody goes down, they can, they can pick up the slack. You know, there's nobody that can pick up Judge's slack for the Yankees. Nobody. There's nobody that can pick up Alonzo's slack for the Mets. I mean, you got, they keep running Vogel back out there. Who knows why that goes on? But, you know, Vogelback is certainly, I can hit better than Vogelback. Forget about him being a, a substitute for Pete Alonzo. Now, the Subway Series. Subway Series is starts tomorrow. Both teams with a day off today. You know, kind of regroup. Uh, as far as the Subway Series, there is no buzz. Zero buzz for the Subway Series. I mean, I don't, I don't really care about it. I don't know if you guys do. I haven't heard anybody really talking about it. Usually you hear something leading up to it. There is some good pitching matchups. You got uh, Severino and Scherzer in the first game. You got Cole and Verlander. So th- those are those are marquee matchups right there. Uh, it, they're going to sell the place out, but there's no buzz. You know, no Judge, no Alonzo. It's really, you know, it's, it's, it's just... I haven't heard anything about it. I'm kind of done with the Subway Series. I've been done with it. It's been 20-something years now. You know, the novelty has long worn off as far as, you know, oh, Mets-Yankees and, you know, uh, the bragging rights and this and that. It it really is it, not a big deal anymore. I think it's just, you know, two more games. The Mets need them worse than the Yankees. If you want to do, talk about which team needs the games more. The Mets, the Mets need them far more than the Yankees. The Mets need big p- pitching performances from Verlander and Scherzer. And these are two tough games for the Mets to win. You know, Severino's been pitching well. When Severino pitches, he pitches well. He shuts teams down. His problem has not been how he pitches. It's pitching, getting on the mound, getting in the game. And as far as Cole goes, Cole's been one of the best pitchers in baseball. Cole's got a two-something ERA. He's been dominant in some games. He's been unhittable in some games, and he's going against Verlander. And he's and listen, we're going to need a good start from Verlander. Verlander has been the definition of inconsistent. He's been bad start, good start, bad start. His last three. I'm, I'm sorry, he's been yeah, bad start, good start, bad start. His last three starts. So I mean, is he due for now a good start? Maybe. You know, he hasn't really been winning the games. He lost last Friday against uh, Toronto. When he pitched very well, pitched six innings, eight strikeouts, one run, and then he comes up against the Braves and he gives up four in the first inning. So it you, you don't know what you're going to get, and that, that's a big problem. 
because you're supposed to know what you're going to get when Verlander and Scherzer go to the mound. You're supposed to know you're going to get a quality start. You're supposed to know you're going to get six innings, two runs, seven strikeouts, and you're going to be in the game. You don't know that anymore because Scherzer has Scherzer's been all right. Verlander, you know, neither one of them have been great. Neither one of them are earning their money. They're both stealing money from the Mets right now with the way they're playing. Verlander out of the first month. We'll see. Brett, Brett was talking about trading Verlander. I, I don't see anybody that's going to want to take him unless you eat the contract. And if you do that, you, you're throwing up the white flag. You can't throw up the white flag. This team is too expensive. It's making too much money to throw up the white flag before you even hit, you know, 4th of July. That would just be a disaster. Plus, you got Cohen, who had promised the championship in five years. I, I know that's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but yeah, he said it, and I think he kind of wants to hold to it. And at this point, forget about a championship. Forget about the playoffs. They're just trying to win a couple series. You know, besides that sweep against Philly, the Mets have not won series, and that's the big thing. In baseball, just win series, win two out of three, win three out of four, split a series. Mets can't even do that. They get swept in back-to-back series with Toronto and Atlanta. Then they go into, into Pittsburgh. They lose two out of three. They look listless. You got Guillaume striking out on, on pitch clock violations at a big pinch hit spot. That, that's, that's the way it's gone for the Mets. That Guillaume at bat was exactly how it's gone for the Mets. I mean, could you be, could you be any more... Any more Mets than a big spot, a pinch hitter, and he's not ready with eight seconds to go, and, and it's strike three. I I can't think of anything more Mets than that. I really can't. Uh, let's see. Tonight you got the NBA Finals. The NBA Finals tonight. Let's see. Hold on one second. So the NBA Finals tonight, game five. I mean, look, this is it. This is it. You got Denver's one win away. Denver's one win away. They're 48 minutes from a title, from their title. I think they're going to get it tonight. They, they're just so, they're too good. Jokic is too good. He's dominating these games, and he really hasn't even played his best game yet. I think tonight you're going to see a dominating performance from Jokic. A triple-double, like a big-time triple-double. Uh, and I think Denver's going to win tonight, and I think... You know, they deserve it. They're the best team. He was the MVP. Whether he got the award or not, he he was the MVP of the league. He was the best player in the league. I see people asking if he wins tonight or if he wins this, when he wins this championship, will he be a top five center of all time? I don't know if I'd go there yet. You know, you got you got some, some really lofty names in, in top five center of all time. But when it's all said and done, I could see him being a top five center of all time. He's still young. He is dominant. He is big. He could shoot. He could dominate low in the blocks. He's plays decent defense. He could pass the ball. He could handle the ball. He could shoot. He's just dominant. He dominates every aspect of the game that he plays. And as far as the Heat go, the Heat are confident coming into this game. They are. They're confident. But, you know, that... They can't be really. They they can't. They, they're saying everything. They're saying all the right things. They can't really believe that they're going to come back because I, I think they see the writing on the wall. The one game that they won in this series, game two, it took them to play their very best game, and still 
Denver had a shot at the gun to tie the game. So when Miami played their best game, they got contributions from people that you wouldn't expect. Fourth quarter, off the bench, points all over the place, and still Denver had a chance to tie the game and send it to overtime. So I, I don't think that I don't think they'll win tonight. I think I think it ends tonight. I do. I think the the whole thing ends tonight. I really do. Uh, I think it's not even that close. I think it's kind of a party celebration type of game. Probably mid third quarter they'll start to pull away, and that'll be it. And then Denver will get their championship, the championship kind of that we've been anticipating this whole playoff. They were the best team in the regular season. They've been the best team in the playoffs. They have the best player, and that's what happens in the NBA especially when they're going up against the eight seed. And this was a great run for Miami. A great run. And now reports, I saw a report today that Lillard, Damian Lillard, might be going to Miami. It's a little early for that. Let's let the season end first before you start putting Damian Lillard and you start putting you know these free agents and they start teaming up with each other. Let, let, let the season end first. So, it, you know, last stand for Miami tonight. We'll see. If they could keep it close, if they could, you know, possibly pull it off, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. I think Jokic, who's dominated this series up to this point and still hasn't played his best game, I think tonight you get a big game from Jokic. And I think the I think Denver wins it going away tonight and they win the, the NBA title. Now, um Mike Breen. Mike Breen tonight will call his one hundredth NBA finals game. He's, he's one of the best all-time now. He is an all-time. He's right up there with Marv. Is he Marv? I think Marv is still ahead of him. But Breen is a great announcer. He is a, he's a great announcer. He's our hometown guy. He's the Knicks announcer. He started at WFAN. He, he was doing, you know, he was like producing, I think, Mike and the Mad Dog. So, good, you know, good for, good for Breen. He he's, seems like he's a nice guy. Anyone that I've ever heard say anything about him has said he's a nice guy. He's funny. He's a great announcer. He has some great calls. And I think he's there. He's right there with Marv. I think he's right below Marv because Marv does the other sports too. Marv did hockey, did the Rangers. Marv did football for a long time for NBC. So I think Marv, as far as sports broadcasters, Marv is just ahead of Breen. But congratulations to Mike Breen. This will be his 100th NBA Finals game. He's He's broadcasted more. NBA Finals series than anybody, eighteen straight, I believe it is. He's been he's been the uh, the play by play guy. So give, give him credit, Mike Breen, one hundredth start, one uh, hundredth broadcast of an NBA Finals game tonight, and that will be that'll be the record. So tomorrow, tomorrow will be it's the last listen, it's the last stand for my Florida Panthers. Do they have one more comeback in them? I I don't know, I don't know. Listen, the series, it's 3-1 Golden Knights. The series has been closer than the score indicates. You had the blowout in Game 2. Other than that, it's been it's been very close. Vegas is the better team. Okay, Vegas is the better team, but that's how it's been. Florida's played against better teams. Florida hasn't been the better team in any series they've played. Now, they're holding on to the, we were down 3-1 against Boston. The greatest regular season team we've ever seen. Right? That's what they that's what they hold on to. They came back, they won game seven in overtime. Can they do that again? I hope so, but I don't see it happening. Now they had they they were close. They lost both games at home. You can't lose 
games. I'm sorry, they did not. I'm sorry, they did not lose both games at home. They lost game four at home. They won game three in overtime. You can't be losing these games at home if you're going to win this series. Okay, now they got to go and they got to win three in a row. Do I think they're going to win three out of four against the against Vegas? I don't. Vegas is better. Florida's banged up. Kachuk is all banged up. All right, he's been playing hurt. You could just tell he he's probably at sixty percent. And they had a chance to tie that game. That puck was right on Kachuk's stick, right at the buzzer the other night. They were down three two. Kachuk had a chance. He had the puck on his stick. It looked like it might not have counted even if it went in. The goalie made a great save. Then he started. Then there was fights all over the place. It's been a good series. I just don't think Florida has, has it in them again. I don't think they have another three wins in them. In this series, I don't. It wouldn't shock me if they win game five, get it back to Florida, and then, you know, anything can happen. But it's asking a lot because they, they're hurt. Bobrovsky has, has been good, but he hasn't been great in this series. He was great in the other three series for, for Florida. He was the best player on the ice. He, was, he carried the team into this final. He hasn't been the the best player. He's been outplayed, I think, by Hill on the other end, who's a kid. And listen, it's been a great run for the Panthers. I've kind of adopted them as my team. It's been fun. I hope they do have some kind of comeback in them. You know, the Cardiac Cats, I hope they have one more in them. But gun to my head, I don't think that. I don't think they do. But we'll see. So that, that's tomorrow night. So the couple will be in the building in Vegas. And that Vegas, it's a wild scene out there with Vegas. That's a wild, wild scene. You know, the crowd is crazy. It's kind of a, it's a Vegas crowd. So it, the games are early. The games are at like 5 o'clock because they're at 8 o'clock here. So they play the games at 5 o'clock. It's a crazy crowd. They've all been in the casinos and the bars all day. They're going out for the night after the game. And if Vegas can win this thing tomorrow night, it's going to be a wild scene out in Las Vegas for, for tomorrow night. I'll tell you that much. But I hope they don't. I hope Florida can, you know, dig deep and get it. But like I said, they got a couple guys hurt. Kachuk, their best player, he, he's, he's noticeably hurt. And he's playing, he's doing everything he can. He really is. He's doing everything he can. But sometimes you just, you, you don't have it. Even with him at full strength, I think the, the Vegas is a better team. You know, you needed Bobrovsky to kind of win this thing by himself which is what he did in some of the other series. He hasn't done it here in this series. He's played well. He hasn't played poorly. I'm not going to sit here and say he's the reason for it, but he needed to be great, and he hasn't been great in this series up until this point. Now, with the... uh, Hold on one second. Now, yesterday at the... Canadian Open. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of issues with the PGA, of course, with the live merger and with everything that's been going on with that. A lot, you know, people are bashing the the, the PGA, rightfully so. Don't get rightfully so because they they screwed up big time. They got hosed by by the the Saudis with the live deal. Yesterday was a, a great moment. Yeah, the Canadian Open. It's been 54 years since. The Canadians have won since a Canadian has won the Canadian Open. Fifty-four years—that's the 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 length of the Rangers before they won in '94. 1940 to '94 was fifty-four years. That was the curse. The Rangers broke the curse of fifty-four years. Nick Taylor broke the curse at fifty-four years for Ca- for Canadian, the Canadian Open. 
And that place went crazy. That was the tournament of the year. It went to he him and Fleetwood um went to a four hole playoff. The kid sunk a seventy four foot putt. Uh, I'm sorry, seventy two foot putt to win the tournament. And here it is right here. I mean, look at this putt. It goes right. In, I mean, unbelievable. And look at the crowd go crazy. It, it was a wild scene. He made two putts. To get to the playoff too, he he hit a big one. He had two big putts on 17 and 18. Had the lead in the clubhouse. Fleetwood came back. He he sunk his putts, tied it. He missed the eagle putt on I believe 17 to take the lead. They went to the playoff. They played four playoff holes. On the fourth playoff hole, he sunk a 70. Taylor Nick Taylor sunk a sunk a 72 foot putt. And the place went crazy. And everybody was <laughs> rooting for him. Everybody. Everybody was rooting for him. And you had to be rooting for him with that. Because the, the first playoff hole, he, he, had a, he had an advantage on the, on the par five. He went with the, with the, it looked like a three wood. He got it much further. He got it down the middle. And then on the second shot, he kind of flubbed it. And he went into on the hill just next to the, the greenside bunker. And then... Ended up missing the putt. So they went to another hole and another hole. And then they played 18 for, I think, the third or fourth time of the day. And he had a 70... I mean, a 72-foot putt is outrageous. With that kind of pressure, with the whole country watching. And we're going to play the, the call for you after. It's going to be uh, in the sounds of the weekend. It's a, it's a great call. So, I mean, hang on for that. That's going to be coming up in just a minute. Um, we also have another... I'd like to make an announcement now about the... Upcoming show. It's probably going to be two weeks, maybe three weeks. We haven't set the date yet, but we're going to have a return, a return guest. Bob Husler is going to come back, come on the show. Going to listen. We're going to bitch and moan about the Mets. That's what we're going to do. All right. Uh, we loved him. He is one of my favorite people. He was the one of our favorite guests. He was our first guest, our first real name, big name guests. And I credit a lot of this show. And a lot of the guests that we've had, the fantastic guests that we've had to him. Because once he came on, I said, you know what, I can get anybody on. And I spoke to him the other day. I've been emailing back and forth. He's coming on. Like I said, it's not going to be this week. It's going to either be two weeks or three weeks from today. Or from, from on Friday, uh, Friday or Saturday. So it'll probably be not this weekend, either the next weekend or the following weekend. Bob Usler. Return to Locked Up Sports. It's going to be a great show. I can't wait. I know you guys will be excited. I still have people coming up to me and telling me that that's their favorite episode. So that pretty much does it here. We're going to get going. We got a lot uh, got a lot accomplished, but we got a, I got things to do. I got work tonight. So I hope everybody had a good weekend. I hope you had a good Monday. NBA Finals tonight. I think Denver wins tonight. I think it's over tonight. I'm going to pick Florida tomorrow to push this thing back to Florida and, you know, the cardiac cats one more time. But as far as the NBA goes, I think tonight, I think it ends tonight in Denver. They get their first NBA title. Um, again, congratulations to Mike Breen, the 100th broadcast, most all time. So that does it for us. I will talk to you with Brett next weekend. Saturday, I believe, is the show. We'll talk to you Saturday, everybody. We leave you tonight with some sounds from the weekend that was. In the world of sports. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
6, 6, 3, 7, 5. The pinnacle of his career. His 23rd slam, he's now won every slam at least three times. And Tim, it was an amazing one. Another putter comes up with some speed. Now up the rocks for the eagle for the win to the jump. Take it! The trail is over. The trail is over. Big Taylor with the eagle. The 2023 RBC Canadian Open champion. History. History. Two-year exemption. He's an icon now in this country. If there were a Hall of Fame for Hall of Famers, Secretariat would be a unanimous choice. For what that horse accomplished is quite simply incomparable. Victory and record time at the Kentucky Derby. Victory and record time at the Preakness. And yes, victory and record time at the Belmont Stakes. Each still stands. No horse since then has run faster at the Derby, at the Preakness, or the Belmont. It's hard to believe it's been 50 years since that afternoon at Belmont Park. Everybody's in line, and they're off. It's lightning now. He is moving like a tremendous machine. Secretariat by 12. Secretariat by 14 lengths on the turn. Sam is dropping back. It looks like they'll catch him today. As Mike Allen and Tyson Prince are both coming up to him now. But Secretariat is all alone. He's out there almost a sixteenth of a mile away from the rest of the horses. Secretariat is in a position that seems impossible to get. He's into the stretch. Secretariat leads his field by 18 lengths. And now Price Prince is taken second. And Mike Ballard is moved back to third. They're in the stretch. Secretariat has opened a 22-length lead. He is going to be the triple crown winner. Here comes Secretariat to the wire. An unbelievable, an amazing performance. He hits the finish 25 lengths in front. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to let everyone know by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or on our website at LockedUpSports.net. Remember, you can also find us on your favorite social media site, on Twitter at LockedUpSports, on the gram at Locked underscore up underscore sports. Join our Facebook group, Locked Up Sports, or on TikTok at Locked Up Sports Show. Now you can catch all the latest from Locked Up Sports anytime. Thanks for listening.